Hi! Welcome to the CJOE Sports Show podcast. A brief episode because of the coaches' show today. You'll hear two things. The first, an interview with Jason DeRocco, who's a Winnipegger on Canada's men's volleyball team as they try to qualify for the Olympics big event happening this week at the Duckworth Center. Also, the replay booth, Jeff Braun and I, every other week. We watch and review an old sports movie. This week, with the NFL season about to get underway, any given Sunday on the podcast. Tonight at the Duckworth Center at the University of Winnipeg, Canada's men's volleyball team begins its short preliminary round schedule against Mexico at the Norseca Continental Championship. It's actually just getting underway now. Tomorrow night they face Puerto Rico. They're supposed to play Suriname yesterday, but Suriname didn't show up, so they just had a practice. One Manitoban on the team, that's 29-year-old Jason DeRocco from East St. Paul, and I talked to him earlier this afternoon. So, Jason, how does it feel to be playing in your hometown at such a big event? Uh, it's, it's amazing for me. Personally, it's been a very long time, so it's exciting. And, you know, I'm a little nervous, but we're, we're getting ready to go here. Uh, we've prepped quite hard the last few months, so we're ready to go. Now, how did the last night withdrawal of Suriname kind of upend the routine that you thought you'd have this week without having to play last night, having to practice instead? Yeah, it was a bit, uh, bit of a late thing that happened, unfortunately. Uh, but you know what? We we got our training in. We practiced uh, with an open gym, had some crowd out, um, really pushed hard again, and now we're we're preparing for our match today. And uh, yeah, it should be an exciting one. So Mexico, how does Canada stack up against Mexico? Uh, we are a higher ranked team, so hopefully. We aren't the underdogs coming into it, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. But you know what? Every day, uh, every game is is a toss-up. You never really know uh, what could happen. Uh, so we have to show up and uh, and really put a lot of effort into this one and, and uh, prove to our home fans that we are, in fact, sixth in the world. So it's going to be a good match, I think. So this is step one, I guess, to get to the Olympics, right? The top three teams from this event, and there are just seven teams left, go to the next Norseca Final Four. Cuba's already qualified for that. The Americans don't have to play in that because they've already qualified for Tokyo. So really, there's not a lot of teams you're battling against to get into that Final Four, right? No, not definitely not. We we only have a few that uh, we have our eyes on at the moment. Uh, so yeah, we're going to take it one game at a time and... Uh, Try and always be first, and we really want to win this one and, and prove that uh, we are going to be the best chance to go in January, and also show it to the other teams who will be in the pool that yeah we, we're we're the best team, and you, you're going to have to come out and play your best game and beat us. Because it's beyond just qualifying for that tournament, right? You want to win this thing because Canada's only won it once before. Yeah, you bet. We definitely want to win it. Uh, we've brought all of our best players and, uh, we're, we're here, we're here to win it. And the coach made a speech a few weeks ago and said, look, we're, we're going to Canada. Uh, we're going to Winnipeg specifically, and we want to win this tournament because we want to show them, you know, we're, we're here and, and we're going to go to the Olympics and we really want to take this step and, and, uh, push for the next one in January. Do you still have family here? I do, yes. Um, my mom is uh, living in Lac at the moment, 
Uh, my parents both bought a place uh, just on the golf course, Granite Hills. Um, Dad just left now to head to Germany. He's, he's coaching a professional team in Frankfurt. So mom will join a little bit later on in the season. I uh, have a few other family members as well that are my auntie and uncles, some cousins. So hopefully they'll be able to come out later on in the week. Right, you got a match tonight, 8 p.m., tomorrow, 8 p.m., then the quarterfinals on Thursday are 6 and 8 p.m., so we'll stay tuned to see when, what time those are at. And then you got the, the final gold medal match is 4 p.m. on the 7th. So how long has the preparation process been for this tournament for your team? Uh, it was a bit of a quick turnaround because we had our other Olympic not too long ago. Uh, unfortunately, we had a one game uh, put us out of contention. Unfortunately, uh, we only had three games to play, and we we had a really hard battle against Argentina, but they ended up coming out uh, victorious, three-one. So, you know what? Uh, we've changed the the ball now from the Macasa to the Molten, and that should take a lot longer to get used to. But we didn't have a lot of time to prep for it. But you know what? We we have to use this every North Seca tournament and we are doing the best that we can to, to try and adjust to the different style of game that it provides. Um, but yeah, it's, it's meant for a more physical team with a strong spin serve because the ball is easier to grip. Uh, you can create a lot more velocity and top spin on the ball. Uh, so it's definitely a lot different than the other ball that we're used to, but, uh, we heart, we have prepared quite hard for this tournament and, uh, yeah, it's been a very grueling last few weeks. For those who may not know that aren't big into volleyball, how much does the the ball change really impact your play? Uh, quite a bit, to be honest. Uh, the The other ball that we use, the Macasa, is a little bit slower to generate a, a, a better game for the fans to watch. So it, the spin serves aren't traveling as fast, so it's a little bit easier to pass. But the difference is the float surf is moving left, it's moving right, it's going up, it's going down. Where When you play with the molten that we're doing right now, uh, it doesn't move at all. So it, it's, more, uh, it's more of a game for the spin surf. Like I said before, you, you, can, you can get some great top speed on this thing. And uh, so it creates a little bit faster of rallies, unfortunately, but it also makes for some really big rallies because it's, when you hit the top of the block, you know, you're getting a good touch on it. You're able to play defense from it. Um, but, yeah, the first serve will be difficult to hold if you're hitting it uh, maximum speed. So it could be a little bit of a quicker game. When did you realize and decide that doing volleyball for a living was a possibility? Uh, it was a little bit later on for me because um, I, I grew up uh, always around the volleyball court. My dad was a professional coach. Uh, my whole life, uh, and for me, I, I loved ice hockey for as long as I could remember it. So around 16, my mom mentioned to me, hey, you know, there's some tryouts coming out for the Bisons. Why don't you uh, get out there and try out? And I said, I don't know if I really wanted to do it, but I, I know I went with it, and I said, okay, let's let's go. And sure enough, I, I made one of the lower teams, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was just a sport that came pretty naturally for me as you know both parents are professionals uh, or were professionals and 
my brother also is a, a great a great athlete uh, for volleyball and we really it just kind of helped each other out along the way i always said that my best training was on the ride home uh you know hearing both mom and dad give me a little advice give me tips and it was always uh it was always great for me to to be able to to learn from them and and not to mention, you know, all the coaches that I've had in Manitoba and, and Alberta and growing up, uh, it just helped a lot and, and kind of curved the love for the game that I have. And then to spend a number of years playing in Europe, is that something you ever saw coming? Uh, you know, it, it was a bit of a interesting turn for me. I, I never really knew much about the European professional seasons and stuff. I mean, uh, I followed along when I was really young, but wasn't paying attention. So my dad was coaching in, in Italy for many years. Um, so I grew up around it, but I never really thought it was something that was going to happen in my future, but it, it was something that I thought about um, because I wanted to be kind of the best player that I could be. And that this is the way you got to do it. Cause uh, unfortunately we don't have a league in Canada yet. We're slowly starting to develop something, but yeah, you have to take contract and go overseas if you want to continue to play. Can you make a living doing that? Yeah, most definitely. There, there are a lot of uh, wealthy volleyball players out there. It's just uh, depending on your skill level and uh, depending on you know how much success you have with national teams as well uh, creates a um, a little bit more of a contract for you. So. Uh, yeah, so far done pretty well. So just gotta save, save, save. That's it. All right. <laughs> well, Jason, they're not gonna retire myself yeah. personally, but uh, you know there 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 are some athletes out there who who are able to do it and and will retire afterwards. Well, I mean, you're turning thirty in a couple of weeks. You're not at retirement age yet. Not quite yet for me. No, I've still got a few more years left in my in my legs. All right. Well, Jason, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me. Good luck tonight and throughout the rest of the tournament here. Thank you so much for having me. I had not seen this movie. I did not know how long it was, and as soon as I started watching it, I thought, 2.37? What? That's too long. It's very long. It's way too long for a sports movie. I haven't seen it since 1999, and I remembered the nudity. And that the football scenes looked cool because uh, just uh, Oliver Stone's got the herky-jerky style. That, right. So, and by the way, this the theatrical version is actually longer. Than the director's so cut. So they take 12 minutes out, but then put six different minutes in for the director's cut on DVD. And is it just like random shots of the sky and birds and stuff I like that? I never saw it in theaters. Couldn't yeah. tell you. I did see it in theaters, but again, uh, that was back when it came out, and that's 20 years ago. And this is a, a star-studded movie, right? This oh, is an yeah. ensemble cast. You've got Al Pacino. You've got Dennis Quaid. You've got LL Cool J. You've got Jamie Foxx, Cameron Diaz. Jim Brown is in it. Lawrence Taylor's in it. Charlton Heston is the commissioner, which we'll get to th- how that's yeah. kind of meta in a moment. Aaron Eckhart and uh, James Woods. Mm -hmm. And as soon as James and Matthew Modine, and as soon as James Woods shows up as the doctor, it's like, oh, this guy's sleazy. Because James Woods plays sleazy guys very well. Turns out he's also a sleazy guy. (laughs) Yeah. We learned later on. Um, So this is a, it's a football movie about the Miami Sharks, which you think at first are just like an NFL stand-in because they couldn't get the rights. But then the Dolphins are mentioned pretty early in the film. Yeah, but it's it's not clear. So this says a crosstown rival, which... But does it mean on the field rival, which would put the Dolphins in this AFFA league, 
or does it mean no, that I, they're a separate league? It looks like it's supposed to be a separate league. With However, the NFL, there's still like 20 a, teams in it. Well, and there have been other leagues that have tried, right? Yeah, so yeah. we're just assuming this one was successful. But later in the film, they're playing a team called the Dallas Knights, and that game is played in Cowboy Stadium. So but, it's like, wait, so I what think is though, it? But the stadium stuff might just be... They could be sharing it. Yeah, it could be that, because also when they're talking about the new stadium in Miami, they bring up the Dolphins again, like, as though they share it. Right. And some of it is obviously just, you know, the constraints of making a movie or whatever. Right. The so they did... That they, Dallas stadium looked terrible in a movie, by the way. That was, was, was the was old like, Cowboy Stadium. Really? I don't know what it, that lighting it, rig it, was, though. Because it looked like they are playing it in a, an arena or something like that. No, that was Cowboy Stadium. Yeah. And which... And, and the Dallas Knights jerseys looked terrible. No number on the front, just like the old... Kind yeah. of bad medieval times. I took a, I stopped the screen and wrote down the names of all the team names when okay. they showed the schedule. Okay. So let's get into some of this here because I got some questions. Okay. Uh, well, we'll start with the Dallas Knights because there's also the San Francisco Knights. Oh. So, really? Yeah. Oh. Now, I mean, the CFL used to have that <laughs> same problem. Right. And uh, it'd be funny if one was with a K and one wasn't, but they were both with Ks. Okay. Seattle Prospects. Mm-hmm. LA Breakers. Okay. Texas Rattlers. Okay. That's all right. Minnesota Americans. Ugh. Houston Cattlemen. Here's an interesting one. The Washington Lumbermen. Now, does that mean Washington State? Because they already got the Seattle Prospects. No way there's two football teams in there, in addition to the Seahawks. And ain't nobody cutting down trees in D.C. Yeah, that makes no sense. So it has to be a very Pacific Pacific, Northwest thing. Exactly. And and then, not too far away, the Oregon Pioneers. Oh, my God. Pacific Northwest is loaded. Football craze in the Pacific Northwest. Chicago Rhinos, which Rhinos is a tough animal, but that doesn't. Go with the Chicago football team, I don't think. Uh, the New York Emperors, which is just stupid. Colorado Blizzard, Empire sounds State. good. Orlando Crushers. Wisconsin Iceman, good name, but that's a hockey team. Come on. The Iceman. Uh, okay. Well, that sounds like a, that doesn't sound like an NFL. That sounds like a... XFL? It yeah, sounds, a competitor league. But it still uh, sounds like hockey. Sure. Okay. They did not obviously spend a lot of time on that because no. a lot of those teams were not mentioned ever. Kansas Twisters. Okay. California Crusaders. Did not, I did not notice any of this, by the I way. I don't know where in California the Crusaders play. Uh, the Miami Sharks, the yeah. Dolphins. And then, of course, at the end, we learn about the upcoming Albuquerque Aztecs. That's okay. the AFFA. Okay. <laughs> so the movie itself is focused on the Sharks. They're coached by Al Pacino's character who's, you know, he's been around forever. The owner is Cameron Diaz, who inherited it from her now dead father. Right. And the quarterback is old, and his name is Dennis Quaid, who gets hurt right at the start. Yeah. The backup sucks. Yeah. And so they go to this random third stringer, Willie Beeman, who's played by Jamie Foxx. He doesn't really have much going on. And then he's good for a couple games. He's changing plays in the huddle. He's rubbing people the wrong way. And he becomes but they're a, winning. But they're winning. And he becomes a superstar, even though that would never happen over because he only ended up playing, I think, four games. He had a hit single in a video after three wins. He's that's a third string quarterback. That's ridiculous. No chance. My name is In that first game, this movie opens with a twenty minute football game. Right. Scene. That's well that's, we don't see that in the sport movies a lot. Also two hour thirty seven minute right. film. Now, if he hadn't, he had, even though he hadn't played before, should he have been that out of sorts and confused when he first hit the field? As a third stringer on his he fifth team? He was eating chips and he didn't even realize it. So he was, reading the, he was reading the newspaper. So no, that would not happen on a football side. No. But it's funny. Demon, what the hell are you doing? I told you to warm up five minutes ago. Yeah, it was funny. But it was, I was just like, come on. So one of the constant themes in this movie is old versus new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People being stuck in the past, right? And that's yeah, yeah. the old coach 
the old doctor, the old QB. They're all fighting against younger guys who are trying to change the way it's done. And, and the younger new owner. Yeah, the younger new owner. So it's all about people trying to say, hey, you got to get with the times. And people are like, oh, the way it used to be, the warriors of the day. And, <laughs> you know, I will say this much. Watching this film now, 20 years later, with what we know about concussions and injuries yeah. and seeing the doctors just lying. These I want you out of here now. Okay. Come on. You're taking the high road. Is that it? You Come didn't on. even consult with him. He no. could get killed out there. You didn't consult with him? I'm going to consult with a player. What are you talking about? I knew his answer. And getting killed, what? Maybe, maybe not. One chance in a thousand. But hey, nobody blitzes like the shark, right, Tony? Just like, ooh, oh, he, no, 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 no. Let, and the wife of Dennis Quaid late in the movie, like, yo, no, you're going to play. You're not a quitter. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Especially after Andrew Luck just retired at 29 because he didn't want to yeah. deal with this anymore. This oh, my God, he, be supportive. He can't even hold a spoon, he said at times. Oh, my goodness. So, Willie Beeman, he runs, rubs his teammates the wrong way because he's a brash player. He's changing the plays in the huddle. Coach has him over for dinner. Jambalaya. And it sucks, but that's not the point. It's really the ultimate, I don't know, it's the turning point of the film. Yeah. They have a long conversation, uh, basically coming to a head about what Willie's about and what what football's actually about. Right, right, right. All you do is talk at me, man. So I'm going to stay who I am, steaming Willie Beam. And with the time I got left, I'm going to play my way, get my dollars up. You're very, very young, and you're very... Very stupid. It ends like a movie should. Like the Willie learns a little bit from the coach, and the coach learns a little bit from Willie. And then they join forces in yeah. Albuquerque. And it's successful. And it's a twist and it's ending. A... It's like, oh, ha, okay. But it's like, but it still is just sort of left me cold or whatever. Like, mm. it's not really a heartwarming movie at Oh, no. All. Is it supposed to be, though? I don't know. Well, what's the point of it? Like, what are you supposed to... It's just a drama. What are you supposed to care about? Do you have to care about something? Yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> and especially in a sports movie, all the other ones... Tug at the heartstrings, right. something fierce. This is just so cold and cynical, right? Maybe that's his point is to try and expose the truth about sports or whatever. But Part of it is based on a book that has to do with a doctor who was so mad at how things were done yeah. in football. I'm, I'm wondering, what side are we supposed to cheer for? Are we supposed to be part of the young guard? Yeah, exactly. Mad at the old people for being stuck in their ways? I think well, we're just supposed to acknowledge that That's just how things work. When times change, it's sometimes a little rough. Well, and sometimes the people that are the rebels of the day become the establishment. True. Later on. Very true. Speaking of Jamie Foxx, you got to remember, you won't remember, but at the time, this was different for him because he was a comedian and he was on In Living Color, which was a sketch comedy I know what show. That is. Yeah. But that's all we knew of him. Okay. He'd never done a dramatic role before. And it's like, wait, what? So it was like, because we're just used to him making, being silly and making you laugh. Okay. And he does a great Pacino impression at one point in the yeah. movie or whatever, which is like, oh, there's a comedian in him. Go out there and, and, and play like you're in the hood and you're throwing the ball and your mama's ringing the dinner bell. It was the first dramatic taste of Jamie Foxx and of course, you know, he would go on to win an Oscar for Ray. Ray and be yeah. collateral and some other good yeah. stuff. Another thought I had was, is a Lawrence Taylor speech about being proud of your life really effective in 2019? In the not sauna? Really. Well, yeah. But it's like coming from Lawrence it's Taylor. coming from him, I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> That's not very good. I left. What did you think of the scene, locker room scene, Cameron Diaz walks in, and immediately there's a penis. Yes. Well, why not? they got to have the nudity go both ways, I guess. That's good. That's progressive, I guess. Yep. I, I mean, know. they're all hitting on her, but. It was the, the body part scene I had an issue with was the eyeball. Why did you? Why? <laughs> It added nothing to the film. It's two hours and 37 minutes. We didn't need a 30-second bit of, oh, that dude's eye is on the field. <laughs> How what do you get heck? hit with a helmet on that your eye comes out? I don't know if it's just the pressure squeezes the eyeball out. 
I, I don't know. It was gross. And then the guy put it in a bag. Yeah. I don't know. I, the, couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. Okay, the action on the field, you mentioned you liked it a lot. The final game, the big game, it was a first-round playoff game. That, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I that was pretty good. Yeah, it looked cool. Yeah, I it thought looks, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, you could tell what was going on, and you could follow along with the game. And I guess Jamie Foxx can actually throw a football. He played high school football. I guess yeah, uh, Puff Daddy was supposed to be in the role at first, but couldn't throw a football, so <laughs> didn't happen. Ouch. But uh, I thought it was pretty good. Terrell Owens, was a un, he didn't have any lines, but he was a receiver. And it looks like he was only there for one day, because where was he until he caught that touchdown? Yeah. I think he just showed up that one day. Yeah. And they gave him his own name. That was funny. That was probably... His demand. Different number, but same Did name. Did you catch yeah. the Oliver Stone cameo? I mean, know? I don't know what he looks like. He was the color guy on the radio team. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't know what he looks like. The Inches speech, obviously, yep. is what I think probably most people remember from this movie. Oh, sure. That was, that's a, I mean, sports speeches, sports movie speeches, of course, are a thing, and his mm-hmm. that's one of the all-time great ones. The Inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the f***ing difference between winning and losing. Charlton Heston was the commissioner. He was also, of course, in all the scenes in the chariots in Al Pacino's house. Oh yeah, and Ben Hur. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's that, in that. I've never seen Ben Hur. Yeah, so that's, it's kind of that's me- funny. it's kind of meta. Old football hall of famers were coaches of other teams: Dick Butkus, Y. Tittle, yep. Warren Moon, Johnny Unitas. We're all coaches. Uh, Dennis Quaid's home late in that film was actually Dan Marito's real house. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, this had all kinds of star power. It did not have the NFL power. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, obviously, yeah. And it's, I wonder what was the breaking point. Like, if they would have got rid of the, like the hookers and blow stuff, would that have brought the NFL? Because it's rated it? R, right? Yeah. You think it's just the language in that? It's too honest, maybe. Could be injuries and stuff. That's probably that's what probably it was pretty because that's the because that's probably pretty <laughs> accurate. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't smell phony. They lose to San Francisco in the final. We don't see it. Also, Oliver Stone, a big 49ers fan, so. Oh, there you there go. go. Don't you wish though more press conferences had twists like that? Yes. That never happens. That would be excited. And all, my final question would be, who would you start, Cap or Beeman? Beeman. Yeah, me too. Cap wanted to die. <laughs> he wanted yeah. to leave. Don't force That's him true. to play. That's true. Oh, boy. You like it? I do like I, I like it. I didn't love it. Okay. I don't need to. I won't watch it again for a long, long time. Also because it's so long or whatever. I didn't watch it all at once, it's by just, the way. I oh, broke it in half. Oh, okay. And I found it entertaining, but I just didn't. Like I didn't find it moving at all. And so many of these we've just stumbled into. So right. many of these other movies that are. But it's fictional. Awesome, like that too. Yeah, some other fictional ones are as well. I guess so. But uh, overall, I did. I do like it, and it's one of the. It's. One of the last really good Al Pacino performances mm. when he gets him screaming stuff is always entertaining. So okay. I'm always on board for that. I would give this movie uh seven and a half sharks out of ten. I was gonna give it seven point eight unnecessary eyeballs on the field out of ten. <laughs> Tune into the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from seven to nine with me, Christian O'Mel, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?